Hello to the world. Welcome to Weekend at Effie's. This is Effie from Wrestling and the Internet, here with the mystical and magical Pitar. Hello. And this episode is magic. We're going to talk about going to Savannah Comic Con. We're going to talk about marmosets. We're going to talk about kangaroos, getting your ear pierced, and the problems that can come with that as a professional wrestler. We're going to talk about queer main events. We're going to talk about Pavlova towards the end, which is exciting. Uh, we're going to talk about, we're not going to talk about the Anunnaki for that long. I think no. we cut that out. Uh, and we're going to talk about how we're not promoting films during the SAG strike, but we do see films because there's not an embargo on seeing films. And I think that's important to point out the distinction. Please support the Patreon, WeekendAtEffies.com. You can follow the beautiful thoughts of the podcast at Weekend at Effie's, or you can follow Pitar at Low Sky Dance, or you can follow me, Effie Lives, of course, on all platforms. And uh, buckle up, because we're getting emotional, and we're getting real, and we're going to talk about my parents, too, because they thought I was dead, and I'm not. Everything is absolutely fine. We're, we're perfectly ready to go. Everything feels good. I had a crazy weekend. I went through every range of emotions you can go through. How was your weekend? Are you in the cycle of the spirits? Just, just sad. Yeah, just sad. I don't want it to be sad for you. I don't. It's fine. I don't want. This isn't what I dream of. I dream of you having a magical, uh, joyful world. Do we need to? We need to go down to the fungal zones and see what God has in store for us to mm-hmm. see what she's put out for the universe. I think I know a guy. I found some. I found some beautiful mushrooms out in the yard. They're not that kind. No, probably <laughs> They're not. Not that kind. And I love that I'm talking about this as I'm going to start the episode talking about uh, my parents. Those could be bebop influenced mushrooms. You think so? Yeah. In what way? As in, he may have helped the creation of such. And if you were to take them, you could be tapping into bebop consciousness. What do you think made the mushrooms? Bebop. Just his existence or his life, his poop, his poo. Yeah, that was kind (laughs) of what I was getting at. He made poop mushrooms. I can't eat poop mushrooms. Are they all are all mushrooms poop based? The fun, funky ones. Yeah. Okay. Second question. Is it just one mushroom and it's all just little parts of it? So many mushrooms. But are they all kind of interconnected underground like a tunnel of ants? I believe so. But some of them will just outright kill you. Oh, yeah, 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 I don't want those. That's not what I'm... I want to... You know what I want? I want to kill my ego. Yeah. And I, I want to do it every few months without fail. Um, Just a small little uh, awareness thing. Okay. If you find legal psychedelic mushrooms in the United States, don't buy them. Well, you know, and I, I brought this up to you the other day because I had gone in to get a nicotine vaporizer and they had tried to sell me on mushroom pens and that's not what it was. And it was, they were like, oh, it's like a mushroom thing and a THC thing. And I was like, well, THC, I'm out. I can't do it. It's not allowed. I'm you never know what's going to happen. I'm still in complete legal limbo. I've reached out to my former probation officer multiple times. I've reached out to my lawyer multiple times. No one has any clue. And I'm at least like, I, I don't particularly think that, you know, I'm, uh, missing anything, but I don't want it to come up that like, I've just been kind of shrugging it off or something. So I'm trying to make sure I'm making initial contacts and also that I'm not risking anything of like, well, I haven't heard anything. I'm just going to go back to my ways. So no, I'm not back to any of those ways. And I had to turn down the legal, the legal mushroom alternative, which I was then told by you afterwards. 
Scary shit. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't be a part of that. Stick natural. Keep it natural. I got to tell you, it was still very nice to come home in the middle of my weekend and get to see you even for a moment. Even though we were both in a what a mindset. I don't know. I just felt like we were uh, feeling it, feeling the universe. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you this. Last night was a full moon. And boy, was it. Uh, I'm not going to go into detail, but I was hanging out with AJ and we... We had a verbal tiff about something very stupid, which it happens sometimes when you've known a person a very long time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you set each other off with just little dumb things, and this one was my fault. But later in the evening, as we had calmed everything and I made a delicious chicken vegetable dinner, uh, a very large palmetto bug, much like the one that is on my leg, came peering across his 22nd floor apartment. And I'm going, how did this get here, number one? Number two, aren't you glad I'm here? Because I captured it in a cup and I put it back out on the porch and I sent it on its way. 22nd floor. The bug got up to the 22nd floor and it just went up the entertainment center. And I said, I think I'm here for a reason. I think it's good I didn't go home because I was going to come home. And then I said, <laughs> and here's me being uh, 16 for my whole life. I uh, misplaced the key, uh, which has been a really fun time. Uh, Cole Radrick has the key. I had had him hold some of my stuff while I was in the ring, and then I never got it back. So uh, I'm going to get it back this weekend. I have been comped rooms at the Greek Town Casino in uh, Detroit, Michigan. And while there is WrestleCon and I believe SummerSlam, all these things going on in Detroit, I'm going to be there Thursday and Friday, and then I'm going to leave as quickly as possible. And I know there's been some controversy which we'll talk about a little bit because someone brought up, oh, Effie, isn't he a troublemaker? I'm not a troublemaker. I don't want to be a troublemaker. I uh, don't need you to make me into a troublemaker by by making trouble. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But I think WrestleCon will be a much more accepting time this year than people thought it might be. And I hope people still go meet Nick Gage. That's what I hope. I will not be there. Thursday, Friday, old wrestling tomorrow. And then F.E. Davidson, F.E. Davidson, my ancestor, who is a gay leather biker uh, and will not have blonde hair this time. But soon I'm waiting on some things to clear. Here's the problem with being a wrestler. As soon as you think you're ahead of things, I got to reinvest in merch or I'm not going to have anything for the next global fucking tour. And I'm going to write everything down for you, Peter. This is I, I made a whole list of where I'm going to be, when I'm going to be gone, when my travel is, because it is irresponsible, as I said to Dark Sheik, that my lack of awareness puts other people at risk, and I don't want to put you at risk. You, you're not putting. It's, it's. It's better that you know, though. Like instead of me just popping up and it's yeah. Tuesday, and I'm like, I disappear this day, and I'll come yeah. back then. Like that's just not. It's not viable for us to make this work as a as a unit. Well, okay, you'll appreciate this. This is what my therapist has told me. Okay. That my childhood fear of the rapture has bled into my adult relationships to where whenever people leave and it's like a normal thing, because that was never normal for me when I was a kid, that I was always worried that my parents were going to disappear into the clouds at any point. Yeah. I have issues when people go do normal things like leave for the weekend. I blame Kurt Cameron. <laughs> Yeah, and the Left Behind them. movie series. Well, let me Nick say Cage this: Nick Cage is blameless. In I that remake. Uh, I have 
these other fears that I should talk to a therapist about where when you work late and you sleep in at a normal sleep in pace, I just assume you've died. And I stand by your door and I go, should I check or should I just go on with my day? And then sometimes I'll go to the gym earlier than expected and I'll get home and I'll be like, do I need to, do I need to barge in? Like, is this, is my lack of checking on other people going to make me feel regretful when they're dead? So if we're talking about non-viable fears, there's one of them. Let's just have this moment and have this confession. You're worried about the rapture. I'm worried about people not waking up. We got to figure out the the source of this, and we will. Um, This is a great segue into where my weekend started, which AJ asked me, because his mom was coming to visit this weekend, uh, if I would wait around before I left for Savannah, which I was driving to the Comic-Con, to see his mom before I left. And I said, that would be perfectly fine. And I waited over at his house to uh, greet his mother before I immediately then left. But I called my dad as well. And I don't speak to my dad that much because he'll say things like, you don't have to call me all the time, which it doesn't mean he doesn't want to talk to me. But it's also like, don't like, <laughs> you don't need to be worried about this. I'm good. Like I'm, I'm living. But when I called him, he had expressed to me that Um, he reached out to my mom, which they divorce a little later in life. And my mom now listens to the podcast just, and well, this is sad because she just said she wanted to hear my voice. Um, he had reached out to her to see if I was dead. (laughs) And so, uh, these past few memories of me and my little brother being in Brooklyn at the same time and not being aware of it. And my father asking my mother if I had died because no one had heard from me. It, uh, I'm starting to think I should be in communication more with these people because we have a good relationship. There's not, you know, a strain there. We've obviously had uh, moments in the past when we have, you know, not agreed on things, or as my dad puts it, you shouldn't have survived <laughs> because there was a point where maybe I shouldn't have survived. As I get a little older, I go, Oh, you're a risky baby. But now I think it's fine if I reach out every now and then. And I have to also, and I've been working on this, Peter, I have to create this uh, thing where I don't separate the person who's out on the road from the person who's here at the house. I am allowed to call people when I'm out traveling on the weekend. I am allowed to communicate with people I know, even if I'm on the road. And with me being more on the road all the time, it is almost necessary that I... Uh, be the same person I am when I'm at home and don't consider myself some sort of Bruce Wayne to Batman transition when I'm out on the road and I'm like, no, this is Effie's on the road now. Like my phone isn't in my hand, (laughs) you know, like what a mystery. So after we cleared the air that I'm not dead and I spoke with my mom for a little bit about her trip to Europe where she went to Spain and France and England and went back to Wimbledon and you didn't say it correctly. What, what did I England? England. 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 What did I say? You usually say England and you England. add some extra syllables in there. England. Well, that's because I like to be a bit of a prick. And once again, uh, I will be returning to England. It was finally announced uh, September 15th through 17th. And then I will be going. I don't know if I'm allowed to announce any of this yet. I don't really give a shit, Pitar. Uh, I will be going to Germany for two days, and then I think there's another surprise date thrown in there, and then we're going to Finland. Me and Allie are going to Finland, and I don't know if I'm allowed to announce that yet either. I really don't care. I can announce whatever the fuck I want. I saw Steph Delander announcing her dates like ahead of time, and someone someone tweeted like, 
oh, well, we didn't see you on our official list. And she was like, well, God forbid I fucking promote you. And they deleted it right away. And we're like, oh, God, okay, maybe you're right. Maybe we should just accept the fact that people are promoting the date ahead of time so that they can buy tickets to see us and someone is telling us they're going to be there. This is a big deal. Doesn't seem like a bad thing to do. It's not a bad thing to do, to let people know that I will be in all these places. We are trying to fill up some uh, time in between with some seminars, hopefully around the European and UK area. So if you'd like me and Allie to come out and teach your children how to not suck at wrestling and what the actual job of wrestling is uh, versus just trading dipshit wrist locks and showing your moves off, we would be happy to teach the children with a very low bump, low energy seminar about how to actually make money and get booked and make people want to visibly see you at shows. So let us know. We've got a little time during the week. Uh, we're also, if we don't do seminars, we'll just, I guess, explore during that time and be hitchhiking backpackers. And maybe we'll just go to Amsterdam and get in one of those boat bicycles. Or they might just be boats and bicycles. But I'm sure there's a boat bicycle. There has to be. Did, did you see any of the Frog, the amphibious tour vehicles while you were in England? I did not. They have... They, um, like, go in and out? Mm-hmm. That's very Spy Kids. I'm very sad about the Spy Kids reboot. We can't talk about it right now. Why not? Well, because I have to be cautious. Um, as a member of SAG now, I was kind of informed, I can't recommend or promote films, but I can discuss them objectively if I've seen them. Okay. Which we are going to be going back to Effie Bird and Peter Bird at the movies. I will take my critical role. I don't give a shit. Let's just, let's just talk about Bronson, which we have not watched yet, and we're about to watch in between. If you're a Patreon subscriber, you're going to get this early. If you listen to the mini-sode before this episode, you need to know that you're going back in time in a way that we had not even watched the movie again. I've seen the movie. Mm-hmm. You've seen the movie? Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to watch the movie again to get our points correctly um, by the time you've heard the mini-sode in between hearing the regular episode. Weekend at Effies.com. Please subscribe to the Patreon. We are doing some shifts to the Patreon now, and we are back to having a camera up on me, mm-hmm. which I'm trying not to be aware of, but it's also like, like I'm, <laughs> you can't see me. If you're listening to this, if you're one of our vision-impaired uh, listeners and you can't see our beautiful video, uh, just know I'm posing to the camera right now, and I'm giving it smug and sexy and I'm wearing a bandana because my hair is getting out of control. But look at us. We're both just growing our hair long, and we're living in the heat of the summer. And we've turned our AC off, um, not by choice. <laughs> and hopefully that will be resolved very soon. I think I'm going to call a small appliance repair and just eat it to have them fix our dishwasher. Because, you know, I don't want to make fun of anyone here, but what a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. He sat here for three hours, and it's I still know. leaking, and I can't. I can't sit here and watch him do it again. I just can't do it. Uh, all right. So I, I go down to the airport after meeting AJ's mom and speaking with my parents. And I go to the executive area because obviously I'm an executive with National Car Rental. And I pick my car out and I fucked up, Peter. Uh, I picked a Camaro because I was like, fuck it. Like, I'm going to get in a Camaro. Peter, I physically could not fit in this car. Oh, my God. And I didn't really realize it until after I had, like pulled out but i was like oh yeah i can't like i couldn't even reach for the seat belt behind me and get it on and my luggage barely like squeeze style fit in the camaro itself it was i don't want to say it was miserable it wasn't miserable but it was also not what i wanted 
I should have just got a big old car. Did you commit to the Camaro all weekend? Oh, I committed to the Camaro. It, I had it parked in the back. Oh my I had God. it parked in the back before I went back to the airport and I rode. I mean, it was fun to drive, but also like I was when I bought a Nissan Versa, my dad goes, the hell are you doing? And I said, you know, it's a good it's a good sedan. And he goes, look at you, you big old boy. You can't fit in that car. And he was right. And I ended up passing that car along to one of our friends. I traded a Nissan Versa for Bebop is kind of how I look at it. And the Versa died, but Bebop is better than ever. Last night, he was just letting me hold him and pet him like a little bear. We're teaching him how to be a little bear. You're helping so much with teaching him how to be a little cuddle I buddy. to be a little cuddle guy. Yeah, and I don't want to say you should make your dog fatter, but him as a little tubby soldier, yeah. he's so much better behaved. He gives the best hugs. Yeah, but you have to, if you pet his butt too much, he'll start just chewing your hands. Oh. And I don't know how to... We're working on that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I really want to get him airport ready. I feel like if he feels like he's a part of the action, he's yeah. with me all the time. Yeah. Like, not just to, like, take some of the pressure off you and AJ of having to keep care of this sweet little teddy bear. But, like, I just think he would do so well at these shows. And it would continue to make him um, off-leash ready for the rest yeah. of the world. We had an issue the other day. Uh-oh. He was out in the front yard. <laughs> And I know, listen, I know. We knew this was a risk when I was being an idiot. He does fine in the backyard, kind of. He did try to go eat the chickens the other day. There was a bicycle. No. (laughs) And he chased the bicycle, and I had to chase him. And it was a whole thing. And he knew right away he'd fucked up, and I knew right away I fucked up. And we went back inside, and we went back to bed. And that's just... (laughs) It was, you know, we're going to have to take it a step at a time, but I've had him back on the leash. That's all I'll say at this point. Mm. We're working on it. It takes time with this stuff. He's just a dog. He's just a puppy. Yeah. You know, he's almost three, maybe. Yeah. And that's like teenager years, and he's just being a little teenager, you know? I'll have you know, I was a little sad when I came home last night, and there wasn't a bebop I know. I'm sorry. But we are getting our new AC put in, so we're just going to keep him over there. Yeah. And I'm going to pick him up when I get home Saturday morning, along with Sweet Cranberry, who will be over here to cuddle as well. Perfect. For at least a day or two. Uh, well, that that can be my... like. Do you get sad when you take him to the vet and they're just at the vet all day? No. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I like anytime I can sort of hand him off and walk away. Like, I love having a dog. Yeah. I think it's great. But there is this sort of thing of like, you constantly have to be thinking about the dog. Yeah. Like, and you have been such a blessing in helping me with this dog. And I think it, you know, like having him go through that training was the best thing I've ever done. But he does need more training. He does need a little bit more assistance. But I also think like it's so good for Bebop to have Lucy. It's so good for Lucy to have Bebop. It's so good for Cranberry to have a little bit of her space. Like mm-hmm. she loves seeing him. But he, she's also like, she looked at me last night like, he's going to eat my toys, isn't he? And she was right, and she had to trick him again to get the toys back. So I get to the hotel in Savannah, and this hotel is beautiful. It's right on the river. It's historic. Where did you say? The Bluff. Okay. It's I don't know. It's lovely. It's right by the bridge. Uh, this is, this is going to be... I just realized how intense this is going to be and how much fun I had doing all of this. Uh, I just want to say, you don't get ready, you stay ready. Okay? And... As a performer, people like to present me with things. Well, we'll get into it. It doesn't matter. So I get there, and I notice two 
big buses in the parking lot that belong to a zoo and the buses are on all night right and i'm like what animals are in here and it's they're advertising crabs and wax hand dip so i don't really have an idea and put a pen in it because we're going to discuss those animals which i tweeted some pictures of but in the patreon video there are much more uh much more animal action videos of what's going on with those and sometimes you're at these conventions and it's not that often for me, but this was a convention that was not only uh, choosing to highlight that I was a wrestler who's done a lot of things, but also highlighting that I was Asmodeus, right? And I don't get that very often. And I also don't get very often, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but to have children come up to me all day and look and see Effie, professional wrestler, and then look at the pictures and then see the eight by 10 of Asmodeus and the trading cards of Asmodeus and this giant, beautiful acrylic Sandy of Asmodeus and go, wait, you played that character? And I'm like, wait, you watched that show? And these kids had seen the show. And it wasn't like they were like, you know, because I just assume most people who watched the show were like, 30-year-old animation fans who were in the queer community. Right. But it turns out just like kids like watching this show and they think it's awesome and they think it's spooky and they think it's got cool characters and they like a talking dog and they like vampires and demons. And they were so pumped that I had portrayed this character and it like was uplifting my heart so much. Now, Savannah Comic-Con had some other wrestlers present as well. And... The other wrestlers were Rikishi and Jake the Snake Roberts. Now, here's what's weird about Rikishi, okay? I just bought that GameCube, which I've been streaming. Yeah. And I have the WWE game where you basically fight cars. Like, it's a twisted metal WWE game. I've been playing exclusively as Rikishi in a steamroller. And then I got WrestleMania X8, which is one of the cheaper GameCube wrestling games. And... I won the World Heavyweight Championship with Rikishi immediately. I believe Rikishi has the best super kick in the business because his legs are so thick when he slaps. It's just like it hits. And right now, Rikishi is a hot topic because he's sort of the real tribal chief. His sons, Jimmy and Jay Uso, and his nephew, Roman Reigns, they're like the top in the business right now. Like they're on top of Monday Night Raw, Monday Night Raw. <laughs> And, uh, you know, Roman Reigns has been this universal champion for a while uh, on a long run. And I even heard Rikishi may be present this weekend at SummerSlam. But I have to tell you two things. One, I was asked by someone's manager whether I was a troublemaker. And I said, only if you make trouble first, you know, because they had heard about someone being pulled from WrestleCon because I was not happy with the way they were treating certain people at a work function. And you got to deal with that on your own. You know what I mean? Like, it sounds like, from what I heard, not to share too much, that you were uncomfortable with the fact that you liked it. And that's uh, not a reason to attack a person for their identity and for who they are. And uh, there's never a reason to treat people that you're doing professional work with in that manner. So beyond that, no, I'm not a troublemaker. But I also am not willing to shut the fuck up. I don't have any consequence. I don't work for anyone else. I think I work for you more than I work for anyone else because I want to make sure we get these podcasts out. I want to make sure our patrons are taken care of. I work for the people, okay? I'm a, I'm a 
they, if, if it was the Oppenheimer trial, they'd tell me I was a communist, okay? Because I just want the people to get what they need. And the people didn't want him at WrestleCon. And so I, representing the people, said, he's not going to be at WrestleCon, is he? And they said, I guess not. So if that's troublemaking, then so be it. But there was no trouble made. I just want to say this. It wasn't Rikishi's team that was asking about this. But Rikishi did my favorite thing I've ever seen where I said, he's just like me for real. We're sitting all day. And you're just at this table, and you're just, like, hoping people are coming by. And in between the moments where Rikishi had a lot of people coming by, he pulls his phone up, and he starts playing the NWO Wolfpack theme song, which is regarded as one of the best theme songs of all time. Can I just play you a little clip yeah. of this? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just pull this up. And I heard it, and it's a very non-mistakable theme. Now, if you don't know about the NWO... Uh, the NWO is the New World Order, started by Hulk Hogan and uh, Razor Ramon, a.k.a. Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash, a.k.a. Big Daddy Cool Big Sexy Diesel Kevin Nash. I'm going to play this theme song for you just so you can hear it, because it's an unmistakable theme song. And he was just pulling it up and jamming it. It's like 97. Yeah. Tupac's, you know, been shot. So Rikishi's just listening to this song throughout the day. Like, it wasn't a one-time thing. It was like, oh, there's no people here? Guess I'm going to listen to the NWO Wolfpack theme. And I told this to another wrestling fan, and they were like, that didn't happen. I was like, it fucking certainly happened. I would not say this if it didn't happen because I heard it and I looked over and I was like, oh my God, he's just like me. I also did not, you got to like, there's a caution to this of like, yes, I'm a huge wrestling fan. I'm a huge Rikishi fan. I'm a huge Jake the Snake fan. But you're sitting at a table with these people all day and the people who are coming up and being fans of them are also paying them $80 a head to get something signed and right. get a picture. I don't want to just sit there and be a mark, as they would say. So I sort of just like say my hellos respectfully. We eat our chicken tender meals together, and then we sort of go back to making money and pushing our stuff. So it was an honor. It was great. I'm a big Rikishi fan, and to get to sit next to him all day, he's wonderful with the fans. And there was a, a point where like a younger like special needs kid came up to him and just started hugging him. And like you know, some celebrities would be like, "Why is this child hugging me?" But he just like hugged that kid back and talked to him about his favorite moments and was just like enjoying the thing. Like it was just like heartwarming and beautiful. Uh, I also got my ear pierced, which as you can see right now, it is not. <laughs> Uh, R.I.P. the second time Effie's had his right ear pierced. This one lasted uh, one day. What happened? I, I, I get intense in my matches, Peter. And by the time my match was over, like I looked at Aaron Rourke in my match the next day, jumping ahead, and I said, watch the earring. And he goes, what fucking earring? And then I finished the match and I went, yeah, what fucking earring? It was gone. It had just been kicked out of my head or knocked out of my face. And I said to myself, you know, this is the second time I've tried this. I even got a very cautious uh, earring. Uh-huh. There's no caution. Huh. I can't have earrings. But your earlobe is fine. Oh, yeah, my earlobe is okay. fine. It just, it fell out. It was done. It was gone. It was over. Uh, Effie's not going to be able to have an earring. In my mind, mentally, I have an earring, right? Like... 
because I, I just, I'm tired of, and I know it's hard to tell, but I'm tired of having to explain to people that I'm a homosexual. Okay. I just wanted to walk in the room and they go, is that a diamond in the right ear? Must be gay. And that's was the, that was the intention. Luckily, I had this ear pierced for free at the con by the lovely Logan, and I need to look up the the name of the uh, piercing company to put it over. Um, we'll do that on the Patreon. I have a video of me getting my ear pierced, so that is a part of that video that you get to see. Now, lots of other things happen during the day at Savannah Comic Con. We haven't even gotten to the craziest part yet. So, at one point, this man walks up to me. And I don't notice what's happening, right? Because it's very fast how it happened. And someone had told him, you need to go up to Effie with this creature. And he walks up and he goes, this is Bobby. He's a monkey. And he just puts the monkey on me. Oh, my God. And then he takes my phone and starts filming me and saying facts about the monkey. And so I've just got this. They're called marmosets. They're one of the smallest monkey breeds. And they are a zoo outside of Orlando. I'm sure they're a great preservationist zoo. It seems like they take in a lot of animals that have sort of been abandoned or treated poorly by other zoos. So I'm I'm hopeful that they are a wonderful zoo, the cool zoo in Orlando. It, the name makes me nervous. But uh, <laughs> I just have this monkey crawling all over me, and he's making this little noise. And the teeth are so small, like, you can't believe it. You know, like, it's like, you know, like, teeth are, they're, they're units, right? Like there's separation in teeth and each of them is a tooth. And to see teeth that are that small was insane to me. Marmoset teeth, very small. So he's making this noise and it's like, (laughs) and I was like, what's the noise? And he's like, well, he's letting his wife bubbles know that he's encountered a predator that could kill them. And I was like, what? And he's like, that sound can travel across three miles. So he's letting bubbles know on the other side of the, uh, comic-con building that he has encountered a predator that could kill all of them and i was like could you tell him like it's good like i'm not gonna kill this monkey he's very cute and he said no there's no way to like we can't communicate with the marmoset we just know how the marmoset communicates wild right so after this he said come on over you can meet the rest of the animals let me just run you down the animals i got to meet and i just want to say the animals were in a better meet and greet spot than effie was and i think being towards the door, they took a little bit of Effie's meet and greet money, but I can't complain because they let me meet all the animals free of charge. The first is that boa constrictor, which was massive, huge. The guy just lays a boa constrictor on you. I've held snakes before. I've held little pythons and little corn snakes, and I've never felt a snake of this size. I can understand how that snake would just crush you. It is so powerful. It is all muscle. It is around me. It came up and like sniffed my face with its tongue. I was, it was like taking drugs for the first time. Like the, the elation and the yeah. endorphins running. I was just like, Aah! like that was that's my whole reaction. Then I turn around after the snakes off me and someone's handing me a lemur wrapped in a blanket. And I'm just holding this Zabumafu motherfucker going, oh my God, this is so cute. What an adorable time. Then all of a sudden, Bobe the monkey is back on me. I'm holding Bobe the monkey. And then he goes, do you want to feed a sloth? And I was like, I think I do want to feed a sloth. So the idea is that you can only pet the sloth while it's eating or else it will fucking ruin your life and he's like here's some broccoli if the sloth wants to eat it he will pull you in next thing i know this fucking hook hand is coming up pulling the broccoli down and starts eating and he's like you can pet and hug the sloth as long as he's eating that broccoli 
give it a hug, give it a hug. So I'm just petting this sloth, and I go in and I give a sloth a hug. Who would have guessed in Savannah, Georgia, I'd be giving a sloth a hug. But then my final training before I returned to Australia. Now, I've never gotten to hold a baby kangaroo, as you can imagine. I've gotten to see a lot of kangaroos in Australia. I got to do a meet and greet photo shoot with a koala at one time. But this is a baby kangaroo that was abandoned by its mother. They are now giving it its own pouch, and he eats, and he's cute, and he's a eastern gray kangaroo. They're the second largest behind the big red kangaroos that you see that are like the muscle daddy kangaroos. Right. So the second largest species, you know, this dude was just chilling in his pouch. I just got to hold this baby, and he's just chilling looking at me, and all I could think is... You and Bebop ain't that fucking different. Y'all both like being held like little babies in my arms, but those feet and those claws on those feet and that thick-ass tail, I was like, this is... Somebody chose to put you on the Ark, and they took a real risk picking you up to put you on Noah's Ark because that fucking hook foot looks like it could go through my neck like a fucking raptor. It was very scary but very cute, and I got to hold the baby kangaroo. His name was Ash. Aww. So sweet. So kind. So at the end of the day, before the end of the day, really, we got to watch the superhero wrestling show where Deadpool, Miles Morales, and the Joker took on uh, Superman, uh, a red Power Ranger who threw his helmet on the floor because he couldn't see anything, and the other Spider-Man, Tom Holland Spider-Man, and it was awesome. Getting to show wrestling to people without any necessity of them needing to understand wrestling. They already understand these characters. They understand what's going on with these characters. And so then there's just like wrestling mixed in with these superhero characters. It was very fun. I was very happy I was not in the ring. Now, we're going to rewind, Peter. Because first thing in the morning, I'm leaving the Bluff Hotel. I'm getting there at 9 a.m. And a beautiful lady gets in the elevator with me. And she's wearing a beautiful traditional Colombian type dress. And I'm going, wonder who this is. It's someone because they sent her off into a bus. Now they had asked me to host a drag show, which I said, and I'm sorry to the drag Queens. I hosted about half of a drag show. And then I Irish goodbye the drag show uh, because I had to drive back four hours home to catch a flight at seven in the morning to go to long Island. And right before this, they said, well, Uh, we're going to have the performances before the drag show of the people at the con. And we're going to have uh, Adasa, who is the voice of Dolores from Encanto, sing the song, We Don't Talk About Bruno. Now listen, Encanto, truly, I'm not just saying this because I got to be a part of it, one of my favorite movies of the past few years. I thought it was a beautiful story. I thought, what a different way of... uh, looking at superhero powers and the energies that hold families together, whatever. I can put around this all I want. The beautiful lady in the Encanto dress was Adasa dressed up like her character from Encanto, Dolores, because she does the con in costume because the little kids see her and they're like, it's Dolores from Encanto. That rule. Like she is a very beautiful Colombian woman who looks like her character from Encanto and boom, she's in the same dress as Dolores. And they said, who are we going to get? to introduce Adasa. And I'm just backstage waiting on these drag queens. And I was like, I'll do it. And I was like, what do I need to say? And they gave me this whole list of things to say about Adasa. And so I went out on stage and I got to introduce the voice of Dolores from Encanto, perform We Don't Talk About Bruno. And of course, I'm in the back of the room going, oh, like just having my moment. But after this, there was another performance as well. 
uh, the stand-in guitar hand body double for Joseph Quinn, who portrayed the rock and roll character Eddie Munson on Stranger Things, was there to play Metallica songs uh, as a part of this performance. He was there signing. His name is uh, Aiden Fisher, and he's the actual person who played the Metallica songs while the demons are being fought during the Stranger Things scene. And I made the mistake of, I didn't know he's only 20 years old, and I said, hey, you want to hear a funny story about your boy Joseph Quinn? And proceeded to tell him the story. You know the story? With AJ hanging out with him? No. Okay, I'm going to tell you off air because it's not appropriate for people and this poor kid is from like Nebraska oh, and God. is just like living in Atlanta now, I think, and doing music stuff and performing and like performs with Steel Panther sometimes. Like very like virtuoso magician of a musician, a magician of a musician. Uh, but I like sort of like introduced him. He did his performance. He got off stage. And I was like, hey, you want to hear a funny story about your boy? And he his eyes were just like, what? <laughs> and I was like, ah, I probably shouldn't have told you that. Uh, y'all can figure it out if you want, but I'll say this, that when we watch Stranger Things together, me and AJ, he looks at the screen and he goes, he wasn't bullshitting. He is on Netflix. And I was like, you hung out with him? And he's like, we hung out all night. So figure that out. Um, very cool to get to do the intros on those people and very out of nowhere, very like the spirit of wrestling in that you're like always ready and you're always going to say yes. And it's, you know, the spirit of Hollywood of just like get in there and say what you got to say to get the job. And so I got to be the host of Effie's Big A Drag Show with all these beautiful drag queens doing cosplay bits as Cammy and as, uh, what's her name? Not Aqua Woman. Is that what they call her? The former Amber Heard character from, I don't know, Gorgeous. And then there was Raven Drag doing the Teen Titans Go. Shisha Mansion did the Teen Titans Go theme song and Raven Drag doing flips and stunts. It was just like all around. There was Sailor Moon Drag. Like it was just, it was perfect. Cami from Street Fighter, I think. Just so much fun to do. And then I had to leave and get back here. Now, as soon as I parked that Camaro, the storm started brewing. And it was, did you notice the power just kept going out throughout the night? Yeah. It was crazy. It was like lightning storm as soon as I parked. Like I parked and started walking in and it was like, and then boom, I have to wake up and leave again. So I take the car back. I land in Long Island. Me and the lovely Brian Myers, formerly known as Kurt Hawkins, went out on Long Island and had a bagel lunch. He was like, I'm taking you out for a bagel lunch, dude. And I was like, how cool is this? And I'm getting to hang out with formerly known as Kurt Hawkins, who famously had a 150-match losing streak, and they made a gimmick out of it on Raw. Uh, Works with Matt Cardona a lot, doing the Major Figure podcast, and also is the head trainer at Creative Pro Wrestling, where I was going to be wrestling, Aaron Rourke. We get to go out. I have a beautiful triple meat bagel sandwich. I get a strawberry cream cheese bagel as well. What was on the bagel? It was turkey. It was roast beef. It was pastrami, onions, tomato, spicy mustard. So good. Just like, and they have those egg bagels, which are great in a sweet and a, and a savory situation. You ever had an egg bagel? No. They're like yellow bagels with egg yolk in them. But it's not like a, it's not like yolk hidden in it. It's like it's mixed in the batter, and it uh. gives it like more of a protein-y, chewy. I don't know. I think they're perfect and delicious. I love egg bagels. We get our drinks. We do our thing. And egg this bagels is... sounds like a character actor from like the seventies. Egg bagley. Ed Begley. He was Ed Begley Junior. Ed Bagel. Egg bagel Junior. Egg bagel Junior. Uh, star of uh, screen and film. Ed Egg bagel Junior. 
Right? Same thing. Yeah. Ed Begley, Egg Bagel. Yeah. I think he if- uh, he played the gentleman with alopecia on um, Arrested Development. Yes, he did, and he wore the the fake hair and mm-hmm. the fake eyebrows, I believe, too. Fake eyebrows. Uh, just a a very funny guy. I think he's done a lot of stuff too. Yeah, he was in the last season of Better Call Saul as well, as a lawyer. Did he call Saul? No, because he he's he better. A, he's. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> what is what is this weird? Uh... It's a leaf bar, green apple. It's not very good. Like it immediately was not the flavor I wanted. I always, every time I get green apple, I'm hopeful. Then after the second puff, you're like, nah, it's already going in the wrong direction. Yeah, it's the wrong kind of green apple. It's the wrong kind of green apple. I like a Granny Smith, like a crispy Granny Smith, and I like to dip in caramel, okay? You ever have that caramel that you're like eating apples with the I'm caramel? terrified of losing teeth in apples, so I don't eat apples. Oh. Have you ever, I'm guessing this is a no, eating the apple from bottom to top where you eat the whole core? No. I one time went over to my boss's house when I was still running the two men in a truck and his kids came up to me and they said, we heard a secret about you. And I was like, Oh fuck. <laughs> like, what is this? And they said, we heard you can eat a whole apple. And I was like, yeah, bring me an apple. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, like what is, what is this secret? I thought it would be related to drugs. <laughs> I don't know. Um, they said, we heard you can eat a whole apple. And I said, yeah, bring me an apple. And I just chomped that bitch from the bottom to the top left them with a stem. It's great. You know, it's a lot more fibrous when you eat the whole core. And what a great party trick where all you have to do is get hydrated and get a little extra fiber in your diet and eat an apple. I'll show you. You want me to show you? I'll get an apple. I believe you. You believe me? I believe you. I did it live on the stream. There's probably a VOD somewhere of it. You know what you haven't done live on the stream yet? Watch the raccoon eating mm-hmm. hot dogs video. I know. I'm sorry. I'm gonna come on, and we're gonna do. Half I think an you hour have to come on. Stuff. I think. I think we can do a full hour of. Animal I've got some stuff. great kangaroo videos for you. And I'm really into kangaroos right now. And as I return to Australia, I'm hoping to see some more kangaroos. Hopefully, none as a um, demon style curse oh that is God. tipping you off to the fact that you, in fact, have left the world of the living and live in the land of the spirits. You're in the land of the spirits. You've been taken by the kangaroo demon. <clears throat> Go see Talk to Me. Seriously. I, we're not allowed to say that, are we? We saw Talk to Me and we enjoyed it. I enjoyed the movie Talk to Me. I enjoyed the movie Talk to Me by Raka Raka. Raka Raka. Raka Raka. Jimmy, why do you have two matches tonight? I'm fighting Raka Raka. Who's Raka Raka? He's like the McDonald's clown from Australia who makes movies. He gets a lot of YouTube hits. Turns out he does get a lot of YouTube hits and now has a feature film that's fucking, uh, we saw it. <laughs> that's what we're allowed to say, right? I don't know. I don't know how it works. So this match with Aaron Rourke, this is, uh, I think, the first queer main event for Creative Pro. And there's lots of guys there that are they're TV guys, right? Like Bear Bronson is there. Of the jacked, I don't know what they're called now. Jacked Iron Edge, Iron Zone. No, I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm trying to. And then uh, Jeeves K, VSK is there. And of course, you know, Kurt Hawkins has done plenty of TV. Number one, we almost broke a chandelier going a little crazy. Uh oh. Awesome. Didn't break it. Hit the chandelier. Big crystal chandelier. Checked on it. It was fine. Number two, these guys were like, "Okay, that match was fucking sick." And I was like, "Yeah." And also, they were like, were you not blown up? And I was like, what do you mean? They were like, y'all were like going, going. And I was like, yeah. And I thought about it. 
Peter, my cardio is unmatched. And I don't want to say it's because I don't smoke weed anymore, but I'm still vaping. And they're right. I got through this whole match, and I was not even breathing at the end. I felt phenomenal. Now, I will say the final stretch of moves kicked my ass a little bit, but not in a cardio way. Just like, oh, my spine is in pain because of these moves. And me and Aaron Rourke went the fuck in, and people were like, damn, we had high expectations, but that was fucking sick. And so to have that kind of feedback was beautiful. And then I read a review of the show, Peter, which I don't normally do. And someone said, I was a bright spot in a rather dark industry. And that fired me up because sometimes, I think especially in this summer, I have been wrestling a lot, but I haven't been doing huge, you know, media matches. I haven't been doing the matches that are, it's been a lot of like the workhorse of wrestling secretly. Like I saw a thing the other day that was like, who's the best independent wrestler? And a lot of people were saying Matt Cardona. And I don't disagree. I think Matt Cardona is great. I also think Matt Cardona worked on TV for 10 years, and that gives him a little benefit. The fact that I can enter a room in any state, in any city, in any country I've been in, and there are people who know who I am, who know my work, who want to compliment me on things I've done, who want to thank me for the importance of the kind of path I've created for LGBTQ wrestlers, for obviously myself, for punk rockers, uh, it's sort of a miracle that my career even exists at all. And sometimes I forget that, and I also forget that people forget that. You see what I'm saying? She's Lucy's, giving you a little soundtrack. Lucy's giving a soundtrack because today my co-star told me to be a nobody, and I'm not going to follow my co-star. I'm not a nobody. I'm a somebody, and I've got to own it, and I've got to continually remember it without being told in the reviews I need y'all to know he's just holding her like a baby and she's making all these noises because she needs attention. My little girl needs attention. And Bebop's also over at the other house, so she's missing her brother a little bit. You missing your brother? You miss your brother. Lucy sneezes are the funniest. I think dog sneezes are so Dog sneezes are adorable, but her sneeze followed with staring at you with the beluga whale face Mm -hmm. is just sort of the cutest thing around. And she also loves so much to be held like a baby that she will sneeze her way into a lap and just let her belly stick out. So cute. But but I'm not going to be a nobody. I am so excited about the Big Gay Brunch coming up. I'm not taking on any stress anymore. I'm not worrying about who's included, who's not included. I'm going to put on banger shows. I'm going to highlight sick people. Uh, and I'm going to continue to bust my ass to be the best fucking wrestler in the world. And if you disagree with that, you're not fucking paying attention. I'm sorry. You're not paying attention. I can show up and do any kind of match. I can show up and do any kind of style. I can show up and get any anybody into wrestling. I was reminded again I'm a gateway drug of wrestling. People see me and then they start coming Gay, to shows. Gateway say- drug. <laughs> and uh, it's very cool to get to come in and not just show off what Effie is, but to highlight the best parts of what I think Aaron Rourke is. To highlight... Uh, you know, wrestling as seen from the perspective of someone who's done a voice on a cartoon, you know, to highlight uh, the magic of what wrestling is as a performance art and as a theatrical thing uh, when compared to the rest of entertainment. And so uh, Effie, Viva Effie, Effie Forever, I'm getting my juice back in the casket. Well, not in the casket. I'm not a vampire, but I sort of feel like a vampire sometimes, you know? And sometimes you kind of look up and you're like, "Can any, is anyone paying attention? Is anyone? And it sounds dumb because there's a lot of attention all the time. But 
it's also sort of like I'm looking at an industry that isn't quite sure what I am. And I realize that by the time they figure it out, uh, it will be far too late. And that's okay. Because I'm the one, Peter. I'm the motherfucking one. I had a wonderful weekend. I got home. I got home early. I made some coffee. I went to the gym. I've been on my gym game. Can you tell? And guess what? I'm making a declaration here, okay? Because not smoking weed, I have noticed one thing about me, which is I definitely think I'm right. Not about smoking weed, but about everything. Like, there's no, like, uh, reflectionary sort of like, nah, I don't know, second guess that one. You would think, and this is, you're going to go, I can't believe this is how he was phrasing this. Um, you would think I would eat more sweets on weed, but I think I eat more sweets off weed because there's no one to kind of have a secondary argument with me. I'm reducing my sugar. I'm reducing my desserts. We're going to see how it goes. Now, there is a deeper connection between me and the sweets, especially between me and cake and ice cream and those sort of things. But I do think that uh, I have felt very good this week in reducing the sweets. I don't think I need to eat another quart of ice cream with Reese's fudge sauce. Uh, I don't think I need to have cake with every meal. And I think I'm going to be a little more cautious about where my calories land uh, because I want to show you motherfuckers that you can't keep up with me. And by you motherfuckers, I'm not talking about the fans out here, but I'm talking about all these little girlies that think, oh, Effie this, Effie that. No, ma'am. You don't get to determine what Effie is. Effie determines what Effie is. And I'm about to snatch on all you motherfuckers. So buckle up. Hang in there. Uh, this will be relentless and I will not stop until you're all on my side. And I'm not saying on my side, like you support me. I'm saying on my side, like I'm in control of the entire industry and I determine what goes. How's that sound, Peter? Love it. Aggressive. Happy full moon to everyone. We just had it last night. If you had a crazy night, guess what? So did we all. And it's time to enter August with positivity and to enter August with hopefulness and to uh, look at the world ending as not a problem, but as something where we say, well, if it's going to end, we're going to make sure that we do our best to make it pleasant and beautiful and friendly for everyone. Right? Yeah. And to harvest resources from people who have tried to hoard their resources away from the rest of the people in the world and to make fun of Elon Musk. So make sure if you see Elon Musk, you don't even have to say anything. You just point and laugh. And that will eventually convince him to do what he needs to do, which is, as I'm calling it metaphorically, go to space. You know, some people call it heaven. <laughs> I heard we had some questions this week, Pitar. We do. Question list. Do we have any questions about being bred by the Anunnaki? No. I said I wasn't going to bring it up this week, but I brought it up. You did. Oh, well. Oh, well. I'm getting a look. <laughs> are you nervous at, about how the Anunnaki are going to react to my kind of disrespectful nature of them? I'm worried they're going to take you up on your offer. If I get pregnant, Peter, I'm going to be very upset. I love having dogs. I don't need anything else that looks like me. You're going to end up as like a National Enquirer headline, gay wrestler gets pregnant with Anunnaki baby. Yeah, I would raise Bat Boy though, but I would not raise that alien baby. I would leave that alien baby at the fire station. Just like Benjamin Button. You know that baby was an alien. Yeah. That's proof. That's proof of concept. They tried to make Brad Pitt ugly. That's the weirdest idea they've ever had. 
just even as a 95 year old baby man, you're like, nah, it's still pretty hot. Maybe that's just my preference. Hi, Lucy. Do you see how she did that little hey? <laughs> hey, Attention give me a pet. Now. Give me some love. Okay, oh. this is from Collins. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? All right, this is a. I listened to a whole This American Life the other day with, uh, what's his name? Um, he used to do the Mac PC commercials. It's the loser PC. John Hodgman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he did the whole invisibility versus flying. And he found that, like, there was a feminine uh, response to wanting to be invisible so you could sort of like not deal with people being horrible to you in public. And there was sort of a masculine ideal to like flying. But when they asked these guys what, what they would do when they were flying, they would just do the same things they were doing. They would just fly to get there. Yeah. So my superpower would be uh, the Mr. Fantastic one where he can stretch. Because I want to tell you, constantly, I feel like my curse is that my hands are always so fucking full. And so if I could just twist my arms and like carry everything I need, but still have access to my hands, I feel like I'd be fully unstoppable. Right? Yeah. You gave me a look there, Peter. I'm noticing it. What's the, what's the concern here? Uh, is it because it's a selfish superpower that I want? No, I'm just logistically thinking of how you would carry stuff with bendy arms. Okay, so think about this. I've got this arm, uh-huh. and then it goes through, and then it loops, and then I hold all the groceries on my elbow, but my hands are still available. Yeah. You know? And then like I can double loop it, and I can pick up Bebop, and my hands are still available. And I can triple loop it, and I can still pull my suitcase through the loop. And then I, it's like having it's like having carabiners on your arms, but it's your arms, and then you can carry everything. And then think about this: homosexual in public walking. What's the biggest problem I deal with? What's the biggest um, you know anger I feel? The straight people are slow. They're so fucking slow, Pitar. And I want to be able to stretch my legs and walk over them like those old style. You know, when we used to imagine the future and it was like monorails will just go over the cars. And I want to be that monorail that's just like over the cars because of my stretchy legs. And then I could stretch my legs so far, I wouldn't even need a car anymore because cars, I don't know how they work. I don't want to know how they work. And I'm tired of driving them. I just want to be able to giant step my way anywhere I want. I'm talking quarter mile steps. Just thinking of uh, I'm a Virgo and to a lesser extent Gulliver's Travels and just thinking about what they've historically done to giants in literature. Yeah, but think about this. I could also shrink down because I'm made of rubber. And so it's like you stretch to get there and then you can go back to normal. Yeah. Can't wait to see John Krasinski play Mr. Fantastic. What's your superhero choice? Uh, Teleportation because fuck cars. Damn, I didn't even consider that one. I kind of consider that more of a technological advantage. That one would really help you out. Yeah, it would be incredible. I could work multiple shows in a night. I could be home immediately. I would not have to wait in airports anymore. I would not have to dump my liquids before going through TSA. You wouldn't have to think about if, is the Camaro too small? I Karened the other day. The Camaro was far too small, but maybe I could bendy myself into the Camaro. I Karened the other day because, and here's the only reason. I was in the clear line leaving for Long Island. And it was a little long, and they've moved the clear location in Atlanta to this weird basement. And it's not good for anyone. It's like the north downstairs, it, whatever. And the manager who was working there, not one of the employees, said, uh, y'all go over here. This is now a clear line. And then tried to shuffle a bunch of us into a regular general security line. Which if she had just said, would anybody mind just using the regular line? We're a little full over here. That would be acceptable. But she said, this is now a clear line. 
have your IDs out. Well, it's not a fucking clear line now. Now it's a regular line and it's longer than the clear line. And I said, this is not a clear line. This is a regular line. And you just made us go over here. And she goes, no, it's, a, it's just like this line. I said, I have to have my ID out and this line is longer. And she goes, well, you can get back in the line. And I said, no, I'm just going to email clear. And she did not like that and offered me to get back in the line again. I just got three free months of clear. So suck my dick. Don't tell me it's a clear line. All you had to say was, would anyone mind going in this line? But instead, you chose to lie to my face, and I'm here too often to deal with that. You fucked up. Pick your words wisely. Teleportation is a lit choice, Peter. What kind of Pokemon would you be if you could be a Pokemon? Okay, the Pokemon I would choose is the big giant rock one called Gollum. I've thought about this a lot. You ever seen Gollum? Yeah. It's a giant rock. It's super strong. Why? Because he's a giant rock and he's super strong and he can roll down the hill. And who's going to fuck with a giant circular rock? What's your choice? Uh, the snorry one, Snorlax. Snorlax. Yeah, also, I would jump on your belly because it looks so comfortable to jump on a Snorlax's belly. I didn't. I want to change my answer. What? You don't want me to jump on that belly no. like a big bounce house? No, I didn't think about that. Savannah Comic-Con had a Pikachu bounce house. It was so cool. I didn't get to go in it because it's for children. But I did take a video of it. Check the Patreon, weekendateffies.com. A Pikachu would be cool, but that's a lot of attention. Pika, Pika! Well, he, I don't know. There's requirements to be a But Pikachu. you also have Lightning Tail, and you can shoot lightning. This is true. It's pretty sick. Charizard, shoot fire? I think I would do Charizard. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think about, like, obviously Blastoise is pretty cool shooting water cannons, but the Venusaur being able to shoot seed pods, sort of like you can have a garden anywhere you go. Yeah. And also, have you ever hit anybody in the head with seeds? You know, Johnny no. Appleseed style? People people thought, oh, they're mad at Johnny Appleseed for providing free food for everyone. They were mad because that dude used to just chuck apples at people's heads uh, if they were trying to harvest meat. He would just go into town. He would start chucking apples at people's head because Johnny Appleseed, not just a farmer man, not just a, a cute train hobo or whatever, also a violent man who threw apples, much like a Venusaur. Uh, Lucy is telling me that that's not true. Whoa, Lucy, come on. Can't you let me have my own alternative facts here? We've seen how well that's gone for other people. Triple indicted. Okay, this is from Brittany. Hi, Effie, Peter, and Puppers. This is for Peter. Is there anything going on astrologically that is messing with us? Been feeling really down. I know a few other people have as well. Positive vibes. Hope you guys are well. Yes. Please help us. It's shit. It's shit. It's shit. It's shit. All the planets that are bad are touching each other is kind of what I understood. Let's go with that. That Does that sound right? Yeah. Everything is coalescing. In a negative timeline. Mm -hmm. um, the only advice I can really give is chill out and don't make any like major decisions at the moment. Just ride it out. Definitely not starting any relationships right now. Yeah, don't end them either. Just ride it out. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have any astrological knowledge here. I only listen to Pitar, and I'm trusting everything they say to me. <laughs> Please. Everything will be fine. And then it'll shift, and then it'll be fine after that. Don't don't look for relief anymore. Just look for the wind to change and be happy when it changes. You know, that's the worst thing anyone's ever said to me. Don't look for relief anymore. 
Oh God, this is. I think that might be indicative of where I'm at on everything because I've just been sad human for the past two weeks. But you know what? You've also made this place really cute. So positives we, yeah. abound. Whatever you can reach for right now that will work, that isn't destructive, go with that. And okay. Redecoration and. So probably don't start a methamphetamine habit right now. But wait till Mercury retrograde. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. What a beautiful time. No, it's not a beautiful it's time. It's fine. It's fine. It's just we like will that. get we will get through it. It will be different. It will shift. It will change. Right now is not particularly fun. And that's okay. That is okay. It's not always gonna be particularly fun, but I often think of these times when I'm gonna be because at some point when I'm 400 to 500 years old in the future in my hover wheelchair, I'll be able to reflect on these moments with more clarity or without clarity at all because my brain will have been rotting away Mm -hmm. due to old age. And hopefully we'll remember and we'll just have a good giggle about the times that were tough and that we made it through and that there's joy all around us. Yes. (laughs) Venus retrograde. That's what's causing all of this at the moment. Oh, fuck you, Venus. Mm -hmm. Little little heart you see that the um ocean gate guy is trying to send people to venus right now yeah go for it man come on come on you can do it how much does it cost please make it very expensive so people feel like it'll go well the ocean well the ocean gate guy that didn't get pulverized yeah i just want to say i still like i've reflected on it and you know there's different ways of looking at it and if you get in a submarine I'm not even talking about a private submarine. If you get in any kind of submarine, after watching Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, after watching the Ocean Gate controversy, after watching watching Titanic, after uh, seeing this new cruise ship go out, if you get in the ocean on any kind of vehicle right now, there is no simpy from me. No simpy at all. Good luck. The whales are committing suicide. Get out of the ocean. That's all I got to say. The Meg 2 in theaters this Friday. We are going to see it. I'm not allowed to promote it. But I do think Jason Statham teams up with the Megalodon. And I do think we're going to get a Cthulhu appearance. I mean, where else could it go? Where else could it go? They're going to the trench. The, there's All the creatures are abounding. Something's happening in the trench. Uh, did you ever see Kristen Stewart in Underwater? No. Oh, my fucking God. We got to watch Kristen Stewart in Underwater. Okay. Holy shit. That movie, out of nowhere, gets real Cthulhu. <laughs> Just like I had no clue, I was like, "Wow, oh, she's gonna maybe she'll drown." It's she's underwater, and then it was way darker. Damn, okay, way crazier, way more epic. Huh? Yeah, and she's got like a hot like hair thing going. Like I think she has a shaved head in this movie, and it's just like Kristen Stewart doesn't get enough credit. Like no. Robert Pattinson got all the post Twilight like yeah. cool credit. Here's the thing: Kristen Stewart would much rather smoke a cigarette with her, and I bet she smells better. Probably. Like, no offense to Robert Pattinson. He doesn't look like he smells good. No. You know? You want me to take a road trip with Robert Pattinson and Post Malone? No fucking way. You want me to hang out with Kristen Stewart in a car? Probably fine. I'll put on extra deodorant just to match. Chill. You're fine. We have any more questions? Yes, we do. I love it. Okay, this is from Julie. Thoughts on charms and crystal work. I feel like this is a better question for you. Yeah. I will say, can I say this first? Uh, Dark Sheik for my birthday. The lovely Dark Sheik. Oh, my gosh. As she's being caressed and pulled to be played with. 
Lucifer, you're wild today. I love her. Uh, gave me this rock that forms inside of llama stomachs that I can't remember the name of. Oh, yeah. And that felt really magical to a hold. A bezoar? A bezoar. Yes. It felt very magical to hold. So I don't know if that counts as a crystal, but it was a very magical rock to me personally. Yeah, I think that definitely counts. Um, I am cautious with this stuff because I have never met anyone that actually knows what the fuck they're talking about with mm. any of the crystal anything. Um, I had a very ironic situation where someone recommended a crystal to me that was not, in fact, anything close to what I needed it or wanted it for um, and ended up being more uh, thematically in line with my life at that moment. I wanted something for manifesting. This was something for letting go, and I was doing a lot of letting go in my life at that point. Letting go can be nice, though. Drop It can. Yeah, take yeah. a load off Sally. Um, That's that song, The Weight. Uh, yeah, that is... I need someone to basically hold my hand through all of that, everything. Because from what I understand is that it matters quite a bit to work with what's in your chart already and not um, move things in a direction. So the idea, the idea would be that you would want to enhance the good things in your chart, not accidentally push the things that are negative in your chart further in that direction, which is very easy to do. So you have to be a little cautious mm-hmm. entering the crystal realm. Someone also gave me a piece of Aleister Crowley's house on a necklace. I yeah. had to get rid of that. That was manifesting some darkness. That was not good. But you know what? What happened after you got rid of it? Yeah, things I didn't have to deal with it anymore. You didn't have to deal with that weight, the burden of Aleister Crowley's house around your neck, uh, pulling you down to that the is, underworld. That is something I feel a little bit more of like baby magician yeah. on and need some further insight from someone else. Well, there's if you knew everything, it wouldn't be interesting anymore, no. you know? You got to continue learning. And you gave me some good crystals that were manifesting some energy with some sigils and I've really enjoyed that left in right out. You know, I'm trying my best here. Just like uh talk to me, just like talk to me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Racka racka. Okay. This is from drugs. Hi Effie. Hi Peter, Lucy Bebop and Cranberry. Oh, why does the world suck? Well, Venus retrograde. I found out earlier from one of my um, co-hosts that it's Venus retrograde and also, there's something about Uranus that you should clean it, I guess, often. Yes. And uh, another thing is we fucked the earth up pretty bad throughout the Industrial Revolution and through the revolution of cars. Um, not Cars 2, though, uh, and not Cars 3. Just the first one with Lightning McQueen. That fucked our earth up. And unless we sort of deal with the billionaire problem... Uh, and the wealth hoarding problem, it's going to keep getting more difficult to be a regular human being who's just trying to make it in this world. So I'm not advocating publicly for a general strike, but I think we should all take the earth back into our hands and take it away from those who have amassed so much wealth that they'll never be able to spend it. And that I just want to say that no matter how wealthy you are, uh, we all bleed blood. And that's all I'll say about that. And I think we can work together Uh, instead of separately to make this earth a better place and that 
sometimes they will try to take our communication methods. They will try to take our sense of community. They'll try to isolate us, and that's how they win. So uh, reach out to your friends. Reach out to your family. Reach out to whoever you can, and make sure we are communicating our struggles to each other and that we are uh, finding solace in the fact that we're all dealing with different things and keeping struggles to yourself is never a way to get through them. I love that. Yeah. That was actually really nice to hear. Well, good. I love that. We have one more. This is from Danny. More of an advice question. Would you cut ties with someone because their hateful fiance does not accept you? Uh, Yeah. They are choosing to love someone uh, with hate in their heart which lets you know that even if they publicly are saying they don't agree with that, that they do agree with that. And I think that they are making a large scale choice that if that person is going to be in their life permanently, that you are constantly going to be dealing with not being accepted personally for who you are and not only not accepted, but also treated with malice. And I think that anyone who treats someone else with malice Uh, you're not really going to be able to change their heart on your own. And so you're just asking for more struggles and more trouble in your life to try to maintain something that clearly they don't put enough importance on to ask that person to make changes or to, uh, you know, not look for someone hateful to spend their life with. So they're kind of telling you they agree with this person. Yeah. And you're not going to win. You can't win that battle. It's sad. It sucks. But... Uh, you will find more joy and you will find more people that are going to accept you for who you are and are not going to uh, treat you as lesser than because of how your life is. And I don't think I don't think anybody who is that hateful is uh, probably, you know, looking for the positives in life and they are looking for something to make them feel better about things they are already insecure or have, you know, poor experiences in their own life that they're projecting out onto you. We're done. I want to eat some cake, man. I just want to eat some cake. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do the cake. You ever had lemon meringue pie? I've had lots of meringue. Mm. Have you ever had a pavlova? I feel like maybe, but can I get a descriptor? It's meringue base. Okay. And then just a bunch of fruits in the middle. That sounds fantastic. Uh, New Zealand. New Zealand. Yeah. Kiwis. All right. I don't get to go through New Zealand this time. I don't have to pay the $15. You got to pay $15 to have a layover in New Zealand. But they've got a McDonald's there that's quite delicious. I love McDonald's too. Fuck.